Hi, you're listening to a sermon from Oak Hills Church in Folsom, California. We're so glad you're listening. If you'd like more information, you can visit us online at oakhills.org or phone us at 916-983-0181. Our scripture reading, if you want to turn to it, it's in the app as well. It's Genesis chapter 50. I'm going to be reading verses 19 through 21. This is a story from the life of Joseph. It's near the end of Exodus. And just three verses, Genesis 50, verses 19 through 21. But Joseph said to them, don't be afraid. Am I in the place of God? You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. So then don't be afraid. I will provide for you and your children. And he reassured them and spoke kindly to them. Well, as I said already, it is just really good to see everybody and to be able to be here and worship together in person and pray together in person. And there has been a lot of things happening in the life of our church since the middle of March, since we were not able to gather on Sundays on a regular basis. A lot of ministry has been churning. A lot of contacts with people have happened In particular, there have been a number of ways in which we have tried to offer our facility and our services, our our people services to help those in need. We're continuing to do that in our community. We've stepped toward the recent announcement that schools will be online this fall, made ourselves available to the school district and to others to know what can we do to help be of service there. We have stepped toward health officials who are trying to figure out how do we keep this virus contained and uh, won't go into all the particulars, but they were looking for a test site up in this area and we are going to be that test site all in the name of how can we put ourselves out there and serve. So it's been a really good time in that sense, but it is just really good to be here with you worshiping God, praying and seeking him. It's the strangest thing when Travis was leading us in prayer and he just said, the Lord be with you. Or he said, uh, what does he say? What is the thing? Uh, no, no, no. When he prays, Lord in your mercy. It really is meaningful to me. That's why I forgot it. But when he said that to hear all of you hear our prayer, it's just really cool. It's a neat time. So I appreciate you showing up today. I appreciate your ongoing support and encouragement through these crazy times. Many words that you have offered of encouragement to many of us. Emails that you have sent that may not have been returned of encouragement, of support, have been so meaningful to me and to others. And your faithful giving throughout this has been extraordinary. And we continue to hold the line pretty well in terms of our finances I'm just grateful for Oak Hills Church today. I'm glad that we can be here in the presence of our King. Obviously, our world and our individual lives have been severely disrupted and maybe permanently altered by the pandemic. We'll see. On March 15th, the last full service we had in this building or in those buildings, who would ever have thought the next time this many of us would have been able to gather would be on July 26th in our parking lot. In parking spaces, it's like an adult version of a kindergarten carpet square. We've all got our own little spot now. 
Who would ever have imagined in this technologically advanced world that schools and businesses and restaurants and churches and professional sports would screech to a halt, not just in our nation, but around the world because of a virus? Who would ever have thought that an upcoming school year would begin online? Who would have ever have thought that after all the time and energy we have spent as a church family talking about removing our various masks to be authentic with God and with each other, that we would now be required to wear a mask virtually everywhere we go. It's become a Mad Max world right in front of our eyes. The unexpected has come and knocked on all of our doors, and if we didn't open it, it's forced its way in. The world has changed. Our normal has changed. Our plans have likely changed. But I want to remind us today that God has not changed, that God is still king. The psalmist from the psalm we did in our call to worship says his plans stand firm forever in the purposes of his heart throughout all generations. This very moment he is reigning as king over this gloriously beautiful universe. In the words of the author of the book of Hebrews, this very moment, and here's the phrase, Jesus is sustaining all things by his powerful word. That's quite a reality to recall in this moment right now in the midst of a worldwide pandemic. Jesus is sustaining all things by his powerful word. And because Jesus sustains all things today or any day, I would submit to you, is not a day for fear or not a day for despair. And it is not a day to sit idly waiting for, quote, normal to return. Because Jesus is king and he sustains all things by his powerful word, today and every day, is the day he has made. So let us celebrate, let us be glad, and let us live with our eyes and our ears open to what he is doing. And yes, I mean right here and right now in the midst of this pandemic. A moment ago, we read a portion of Joseph's incredible story in Genesis chapter 50, and I would encourage you to read it. It's so encouraging in light of what we're dealing with these days. It starts in Genesis 37, and it ends in Genesis 50. It's well worth sitting down and reading it. The simple thought I want to offer today is a theme that permeates throughout Joseph's life and story. It goes something like this. God is moving and working in difficult circumstances, even when we can't see what he is doing. God is bringing forth his kingdom purposes even when we don't understand. And my question is, do you believe that today? And on the one hand, do you believe it here? And I guess that matters to some degree. But the more specific question is, do you believe that in your life and in your circumstances right here and right now in the midst of this pandemic, that God is bringing forth his kingdom purposes in you right here and right now? At 17 years old, his brothers betrayed him. They threw him in a hole. They sold him into slavery. He ended up in Egypt as a household servant. But we are told throughout that process, God was with him. And good things happened to Joseph. Good things from God happened to Joseph and happened through Joseph in the broader household he served. One day he was unjustly accused of a crime and he was tossed in prison. Hard knocks came into his world. But again, we're told God was with him and good things happened to Joseph, even though he remained incarcerated. And good things happened through Joseph to the warden of the prison and to the other prisoners, all because of Joseph's faithfulness in the midst 
of his difficulty. Eventually, he was released from prison, and believe it or not, he was appointed second in command of the Empire of Egypt. And because he had this important leadership role, when he had it, he led Egypt through a devastating famine. Think pandemic. And both the Israelites and the Egyptians survived. But not just survived, they thrived all because Joseph was in charge. Now, when he was 17 years old, sitting at the bottom of a deep hole, having been thrown there by his jealous brothers to rot and die, he could never have imagined that God would work in and through him over the next several years to put him in a position to save his people and an entire nation from a devastating famine. But the hard knocks of Joseph's life were part of God's curriculum for him. God was on the move in Joseph, and he was at work in him, and he was at work through him during all of his difficult days. At the end of Genesis, Joseph's brothers think, well, now that this is all over, he's going to come and get his revenge for us because we betrayed him in the first place and sent him off into the school of hard knocks. But Joseph turns to them, and he says to them, don't be afraid. Am I in the place of God? You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. You know what that is? You know what that statement is? That statement is the attitude and perspective of someone who actually believes God is king right here and right now. See, Joseph believed, believe it or not, that what happened to him was somehow redeemed by God to bring forth his kingdom purposes. He believed when he was in the school of hard knocks, God intended it for good. When he was getting a raw deal, because Joseph believed God was king, Joseph believed God was intending it for good. God redeemed it for good. When you read Joseph's story, you walk away with an overwhelming sense. This guy knew who God was. Not in his head, but in his experience, in his life. He knew God in some ways like you know the people next to you. I'm sure there were times when he was frustrated, angry, depressed over his circumstances. I'm sure there were times where he lamented, why God? Why this? Why me? Why now? And yet God was with him. And Joseph knew it. So it was about getting up each day and living in the knowledge of God's companionship and activity in his circumstances, no matter what they were, right here and right now. So God is at work in you. And he's at work in me in this pandemic. He is at work in you right here and right now. He's at work, I am confident, to cultivate his character in you and in me. Part of the good he intends during these strange times in which we are living is to develop our hearts to be kingdom-oriented hearts, to be kingdom-centered hearts, to be Jesus-driven, if you will. The everyday disruptions, the hassles, the interrupted routine, students who will do school online, teachers and parents who will instruct them. These are major twists in the plan. So hear this phrase straight from Joseph's story, but God intends it for good. He wants to redeem it. He wants to form us through these twists and these turns. See, we don't just wake up one day and say to our enemies or say to whatever hard knock is standing right in front of us 
Am I in the place of God? You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done. We just don't wake up one day and look at an enemy or look at some tough circumstance and say stuff like that. That kind of response emanates from a person who has been chiseled and sculpted in the character of Jesus in deep places. And I'm confident very confident that God wants to use the uncertainties, the pressures, and the challenges of living in these virus days to develop the fruit of his character in us. So God is at work in you. I just want you to, when you drive out of here, God is at work in you right here and right now. But he's also at work through you, or at least he wants to be. See, what God was doing in Joseph radiated out and impacted many others all along the way. Not just when he got to be the second in command in Egypt. All along the way, God worked in Joseph and he worked through Joseph to bring God's goodness to many others. When he was a slave, the Bible says the whole household experienced God's goodness. When he was incarcerated, the Bible says the whole prison experienced God's goodness. When he was second in command in Egypt, all of Egypt and Israel experienced God's goodness through Joseph. And for that last part, Egypt and Israel, they experienced his goodness through Joseph during a famine. Think pandemic. And it seems to me through all of this, Joseph's job was to fix his thoughts on God, as the writer of Hebrews puts it. And take another step. Joseph's role, it seems to me, was to fix his thoughts on God and take another step, however risky or fearful that step might be. Keep moving. Keep looking. Keep listening. No fear. No waiting until life is normal. No holding pattern. Right here, right now, what is God doing and how can I step toward it? That's the question. I hope you'll think about for a second. God works in us so he can work through us to bring his goodness to many others. See, as I look ahead to the immediate future for Oak Hills, I just want to tell you, I am not thinking about when we're going to have services back in that building. I'm thinking about ways in which God wants to work in us and through us right here, right now to bring shalom and to bring goodness into this broader community and into the wider, fragile world right now, through you. How might God want to work through you, for example, or work through us to serve the students in our community during this online school adventure? How might you or we be an instrument and an agent of God's goodness to young students and their families during this difficult time? How might we be of service, be agents of goodness for those who are going to be coming here to be tested for the virus and for the nurses who will be coming here on the day that they're coming? How can we serve these people who are on the front lines of this difficulty? So there are all sorts of plans stirring about ways we, the collective we, the Oak Hills we, if you will, how we're trying to step toward the needs of our community during this famine, pandemic. But the real question is, what's God churning in you these days? In what ways does he want to bring forth kingdom goodness in you? 
right here, right now, right where you are, in your circumstances during this famine. I've told you before about this amazing dog I have. His name is Gus. And I, Julie's not here. She won't be watching this. So I'm going to say this at the risk of repercussions. Notice I said about my amazing dog, Gus. See, in order for it to be our dog, one has to contribute to the dog's care. <laughs> so we'll delete this broadcast as soon as this is over. But So Julie would say, no, Gus is Mike's dog. Gus often looks at Julie in kind of a, now who are you, kind of a thing. But I absolutely love this dog. He's a monk dog. A contemplative yellow lab, the way he looks at me, puts his head on my knee, the way he studies flies without attacking them. It's amazing. He'll just sit and ponder the tree branches as they sway in the wind. And I'm not joking about this. I simply cannot explain how God has shaped me through this four-legged friend. We've had him 20 months. And up until recently, he's never been a swimmer. He's an English lab. So maybe that explains it. I'm not sure. But he goes vertical when he swims. You've seen that dog gets in the water, doesn't know what they're doing. They look like the Titanic breaking up. They just go straight up like that. He's done that for the 20 months we've had him. So instead of swimming, he stands on these ankle-deep ledges in the pool, and he just paces back and forth, wanting to get in. At least he looks like he does. But not wanting it enough to actually get in. Two weeks ago, Sam somehow coaxed him into the water, and after a few hours of practice, Gus figured out how to swim, and now he loves it. And an image is permanently stuck in my mind. Here's the image, Gus pacing on the big ledge, looking out at the water, afraid, wanting to step in, but not wanting to enough, paralyzed, and then finally, with coaxing and urging and nudging, finally, Stepping off the ledge and a whole new world opened up, a world he could not experience from the ledge. So here's the point. God wants to do something in and through you during this famine. He wants to do something right here and right now in you and through you in the midst of this pandemic. So the question is, what ledge are you standing on? How are you waiting? Where has fear caused you to just hang on the ledge? Where are you paralyzed? See, today is a day to not to stop being afraid. And I don't mean afraid of the virus, and I don't mean be stupid and just run off and you know, open your mouth when you get around somebody else. I don't mean that. I mean today is a day for us as Christ followers to stop being afraid of getting off the ledge. Today is a day to stop waiting for normal to return as a Christ follower. Today is a day for us to stop complaining about how disrupted things are. We get it. Today is the day, rather, to celebrate the greatness of our King and the marvelous opportunities each one of us has to be agents and ambassadors of His kingdom right here and right now in the midst of our circumstances in the midst of the famine, and to do so with confidence that right here and right now, in your life, in your circumstances, Jesus, our King, is sustaining all things by his powerful word. So, as I wrap up, 
borrowing a line from the Shawshank theologian Andy Dufresne. Let's get busy living and loving and serving and risking and stepping off the ledge. Because while everything has changed, Jesus has not. He's still in charge. He is still at work to form his character in you. Where's the ledge of that for you today? And he wants to do something through you, concrete, to bring his goodness to the wider world. Where's the ledge of that for you these days? Let's pray together. Our gracious Father, we are thankful for this mysterious, wonderful, powerful gift of one another, gift of the church. We recognize that gathering like this is one part of what it means for us to be your people. But as I look out upon this crowd, I see people who head in every direction when tomorrow comes. I see people who love you and who want to follow you. I see people who I know right now are pacing on a big ledge in their life. Some piece of character you want to sculpt into the image of Christ in them. Some way that you want to use them to dispense shalom and goodness into this fractured and fragile world. And these things are not embedded in the organization of Oak Hills. They're embedded in the people of Oak Hills. You put those things there. You have used the hard knocks in their life to cultivate in them a certain character and passion for such a time as this. I continue to pray that the people who call Oak Hills their home will walk courageously in your kingdom, will step off ledges and see these new worlds open up. We continue to pray that you will give us clarity of how we can serve people. We can manifest your kingdom. We can display to this fractured world what the world could be like if you were allowed to be king. We pray in our relationships among us that we will learn submission and humility, that we will let go of our agendas and we will lay them down at the foot of the cross, that we will be people in whom Christ is being formed even as self is gradually dying. We're thankful for what you're doing in our lives, in our church, and in this world, and we Continue to pray that your Holy Spirit will empower us so that what we do influences and impacts others for your kingdom. My prayer especially is for each one sitting here. This is not about their church. This is about them. This is not about some program here. It's about some calling within them. And we pray that we would hear it and then step off the ledge toward it. And all this we pray in Jesus' name.